the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. You know, I, I have these debates with family with other friends in the media all the time. I I look at what has happened to the media. I look at what's happened to the world. And I really feel like the media has played a massive, monumental role in this sort of division that we see in our society. And there's a whole lot of reasons for it. You know, I'm a business reporter, so I like to look at the money reasons. And I know you have a whole chapter on it, so we'll get to it. But Steve, what do you think really is going on? I mean, fundamentally, when you look at the media today and you compare it to say, you know, when you were a kid growing up or I was a kid growing up, what is the difference? Yeah, I, I think that if I had to kind of boil it down to what what's the, at the basis of this, it's that the incentive structure has completely changed. Um, and part of that's business, part of that's social media, the way that we now have, in, unlike we had even 15 years ago, where there was no way for you to get instant feedback from your audience, positive and negative. There was no way to kind of have this performance of, of journalism where your stories are, are get this instant feedback or, or start to go viral. None of that existed in 15 years ago. So, so this is a very new phenomenon and the incentives that come with social media has changed the business dramatically. And then I think you have to just throw into this the the big bomb that was Donald Trump and it was it was already there the incentive structure was already kind of screwing up the journalism industry and then comes Donald Trump with all of the the things that go along with that the personal relationships how great he was for business the media going completely crazy and thinking that they're saving democracy by covering him every day all of that then led to the further decline and and really the lost in trust of of the American people well, for sure. I don't think anybody trusts the media. You know, it used to be lawyers. Then for a while in 2008, it was those bankers. And now it's definitely those so-called journalists. Let me ask you this, because I, I have my view on it, which I'll share, but I want yours first. Is there such thing as unbiased journalism? I think there is such a thing as an attempt at unbiased journalism, um, mm-hmm. a, a goal of unbiased journalism. I can say, you know, I was at CNN from 2010 to 2013. I think there were valid mm-hmm. criticisms of CNN while I was there. I, I write about some of that in Uncovered. But by and large, the average executive that I worked with, the average on-air talent I worked with wanted to be unbiased. They wanted to get the story right, to do so fairly. They did not always succeed, but that was the goal. Now, I'm not even sure that's even the goal with a lot of journalism or a lot of journalistic outlets. And that's a huge problem also. And we saw that certainly at CNN with Zucker coming in and he had sort of his aspirations of saving the country by making the the Donald Trump situation worse. And and you, you could feel it on air in terms of the tones that you were hearing from some of the sometimes or formerly sort of straight news anchors. My view on it, I'll just, I'll share is that there really isn't, it's very, very hard to achieve. I agree with you that a lot of people have that goal and look, we, we try and do it here in terms of presenting all sides and making sure that people are aware. But the truth is I got my bias. 
Right. It's generally a bias that favors the economy. And it's generally, especially these days, because the left has gotten so extreme, it's definitely right of center from a cultural perspective. Those are my biases. Those are what I grew up with. I mean, I grew up in New Hampshire. Live free or die was on the license plate. You know, it was like the first few words I could read because you're a little kid and you're looking at the back of the cars. It is kind of just a sentiment that I always come to the table with as a journalist. And so, sure, that's influenced my reporting. And at times you say, okay, I'm going to put that away. But I don't know as we ever, ever in the history of, of reporting have ever been able to say, okay, I'm going to completely, totally dismiss how I feel on a certain topic. Even your intonation, for example, might affect something. So it's a hard thing to do, but it's nice that there are some organizations that have tried. I worry, like you do, they've all given up. Yeah. And they've given yeah. up for a financial reason. Definitely. Haven't they? I, I, yeah. I, I think, well, first of all, I, I think during the Trump years, it'd be one thing if CNN, as it drifted closer to an MSNBC, which has always been pretty upfront about its biases, uh, you know, mm -hmm. they, they claim to be a news network as well. And there are the more news shows, but so many programs at MSNBC are labeled opinion. And yet during yeah. the Trump years, when CNN went total opinion, which again, that's fine. If that's what they want to do, they continue yeah. to maintain this veil of objectivity and calling themselves news. Same thing with the New York Times, the Washington Post. You go right on down the line. If you want mm -hmm. to say, we're going to embrace our biases, we're going to tell it to you straight, and this is what we truly believe based in facts, either, you know, if that's the, the, the way they wanted to portray it, that would be one thing, but, but they didn't do that. And, and so, yes, I think you, you, you put that together with the just general tenor of how the, not just media, but all content has changed now. The, the viewing habits, the reading habits, the way people consume content, it's streaming now. It's, it's really freaked out a lot of executives that, that could, for the first time, I read about organizations like ESPN on the sports side. This is a company that would have amazing years and they'd have a little bit less good years, but they were just printing money. And then all of a sudden, now it, it's for the first time, they really feel like this existential moment where I, I don't know if my, my business, the core business is as steady as it once was. And in that real financial problem, enter in the sort of mistakes that get made, the loosening of the standards, the way you allow your staff to you know, lower down the, the road, lower down the level in the, in the organization, let them dictate what they should be doing and what their bosses should be doing. That's what happens when your financial standing is not as steady as it once was. It's an interesting, it's an interesting thought. And they're all struggling financially because it's a very fragmented environment now. And there's a lot of opportunity for independent creators. I mean, I've said, I don't think I could ever work for anyone again. I mean, the, the opportunity is fantastic for individuals that want to, you know, and, and if you have a brand, but you also have the opportunity to build a brand. And it's a kind of democratization, if you would, of information. But simultaneously, not everyone, not everyone is super responsible. And a lot of information gets out there. I, I've always been of the belief, Steve, that, you know, it's, it's the truth that ultimately prevails and that the key to bad information or wrong information is more freedom of speech, right? You want the, the truth to get out there, but it gets hard in an environment where there's all this money at stake. I was looking at something recently and I won't share the names of the people that were on this, but I was really kind of depressed because um, some of those networks that you mentioned, one in particular, uh, you could actually buy tweets. Uh, they had sort of like political influencers and I was like stunned because the idea that you would buy a tweet, the political campaign, at that point, you might as well just be working for the campaign. I mean, I'm sorry, just go, go put your spokesperson hat on. You may have an opinion. You may 
prefer one candidate over another, chances are, because of tax policy alone, I'm probably going to like the Republican more than the Democrat. But I'm willing to give everyone a fair shake. After all, JFK cut taxes. But nonetheless, like the idea that you you would hire an anchor from a network and get a a tweet, I mean, it really disappointed me and made me think about where is all this heading? Yeah, I I think that the financial aspect of this coupled with the the biases that are ingrained. And I I think it's important to make clear, and I try to do this throughout the book, it's not necessarily a pure ideological bias, a left-right thing. Uh, I write in Uncovered about Bernie Sanders and the way he was covered during 2020 by the left, by places like MSNBC, which this gets memory hold a lot, but they really went all in on Joe Biden as soon as it became clear that Bernie Sanders was in the lead. It was after Nevada uh, Mm -hmm. during the primary process, and he won in a big way, and he was coasting to the nomination. And then not just the political side, which certainly did galvanize behind behind, uh, Joe Biden to stop Bernie Sanders before Super Mm -hmm. Tuesday, but MSNBC, Joy Reid, Chris Matthews, they just went all in assault against Bernie Sanders and his supporters. It's like they got the mandate. It's like, is the network being run by the DNC? Right, right. Really? The DNC, the establishment of that Democratic Party, did not want Bernie Sanders, and and yeah. that's that's what it's, yeah. it's important to point out. But it's not just about left, right. It's also about kind of insider versus outsider. Very true. I got to ask you about the Fox lawsuit, right? Because yeah. with Dominion, I, I look at that, and, and my friend Maria Bartiromo, and she is just, by the way, salt of the earth, great person. I've known her a long time. We worked at CNBC together, and I didn't see any texts where she was saying, "Hey, I don't believe this." Right. And I'm putting people on anyway. Like in, in her case, you look at Maria, she really, she earnestly, I believe she, she thought she was doing the right thing by her reporting. Now, when you see some of the other stuff and you realize that people are like, yeah, 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 this is one big dog and pony show meant to attract ratings. Then you start saying, okay, but where do you draw the line on that? What's your view on this Fox suit? Yeah, it's a fascinating one to watch. I agree, by the way, Mar- Maria is one of the 26 people I talked to all on the record that are in <laughs> Uncovered. Um, you know, she's, she's fantastic and I, I think is a really uh, important voice in the media, like uh, like so many others. Um, I, I think what's, it's going to be an interesting one to watch. I, I, I'm not surprised, although I think I, I, I wish that it was a different scenario where more in the media were, you know, the, the media that's that's tries to otherize Fox and say, oh, you're not actually part of us. I wish they understood the implications of what this lawsuit might have for the business as a whole. Um, Because if if a company like Dominion is able to win this, that will squelch free speech. That will make other networks, that will make the CNNs of the world, the New York Times of the world, much more nervous about what they put out there. And they will put out less. They They will bring less to the public as a result. And I think that that's really damaging for free speech and for free exchange of ideas. I, I think that anytime you can see the text messages of famous people, uh, it, it's it's an exciting time. So I get why it was covered that way. But nothing I saw in there made me think that that this is a network that is is doing something that's that's wrong to its audience. I think it was mm-hmm. talk about, yes, it's a business. So there was just certainly like, is this good for the stock price? Okay. You know, that's the, that's what you get mm-hmm. when you, when you look at these text messages, people think about it as, 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 as if it's a business, it is a business, but what. And I, they didn't the, want to alienate its audience. You know, a, I mean, Bud Light, yeah. I keep saying marketing 101, Bud Light. I mean, who do you think drinks the beer? <laughs> you're barking up the wrong tree uh this is not gonna work bud light know your audience don't alienate your audience but simultaneously it's like okay you know if you believe it to be not true i I also would say that 
we saw a an overall lack of curiosity, not just about the Sydney Powell crack and stuff, but anything that approached anything that was was related to election fraud when it came to the larger corporate media. Uh, and right. by design, they were completely disinterested in it. And any anything approaching that was deemed disinformation. And so then mm-hmm. the, sw- the pendulum swings the other direction from some of Fox's core audience. And and now you're in this position where exactly like Bud Light, you don't want to you cannot alienate your audience, but you also cannot spin them mistruths. Yeah. And so you have to be gentle. You have to approach it in a strategic, smart way. It's called leadership. There's a kind of leadership that I think people might've expected from the media and we didn't get enough of it and we haven't gotten enough of it. And the other thing is like the self-censorship you just mentioned, which is a scary idea. I see it now. For example, I was called out for saying it was a recession after we had had two consecutive quarters of negative growth under Joe Biden. I was also, um, by one internet provider, told that you you can't talk about oil prices. I, I literally, it was like the most boring discussion on commodity prices ever. <laughs> like You have to be really nerdy to like listening to this. It was about OPEC and oil and this, that. And they said, well, that can be interpreted as sensitive content. I'm like, are you kidding me? Sensitive content? Yeah, because it's oil prices and it's affecting people's pocketbooks. But that, I wondered at the time if that was also coming from the administration. There was some kind of like top-down thing going on with, with the whole World Wide Web. And, and that frightens me because friends that, that live in China now that are journalists that really are, are risking, frankly, their lives doing this because they've got to use VPNs and do all kinds of things to get around stuff. They know what it's like to really be censored. And I just look at what's going on here and question whether we're going to have more of that. I think that that's uh, Trump coverage was bad. It, the the mm-hmm. censorship regime that came after Trump, I think is significantly worse. And, and it's something that is, it's, it should concern all of us because the, the, the media is, should be the entity, like the one occupation more than any other, certainly more than the government, certainly more than tech platforms that should be front and center in pushing back against the overall censorship that happens on tech platforms in, in partnership with the government, like we've saw, we've seen through the Twitter files. And instead, they are part of it. They are part of yeah. the entire equation here. And that's really concerning when they, when they believe they have such a lack of trust in the average American that they want to suppress points of view because they just don't trust that the American public will know what to do with it when you talk that's about scary. COVID, so many different stories. That is, uh, is much more pervasive. It's crazy, than too, politics. when you try and do searches. There's a, a study that came out on transgenders and children and youth. It came from Northwestern recently. Daily Wire actually reported on it. Fascinating. The upshot was that a lot of the times the children have other mental health issues going on and that changing their gender does not actually help them. It might even make it worse. Surprise, surprise. But finding that study right now, <laughs> good luck. You have to know all the search terms because if you type in Northwestern University transgender oh, yeah. study, what spit back is all the great stories saying that if you change your gender, that everything's going to be okay. We got this study, this study, this study, and it all says that. I'm like, wow. COVID, same example over and over yeah. and over. You know, you had to know what to search. No. Yeah. The transgender story is a great one because think about it this way. I, I, I think everyone should be aware enough, and I try to get at this in, uncovered, know what's coming. The government, tech platforms, they will try to censor you. They will try to suppress information. Know that. But the media is also now, particularly like with this trans issue, they are fearful of how they might get portrayed, how they may get attacked on social media 
if they even dare cover something in an objective way. And so they're not no longer on the side of the public and putting information out there in partnership in against the, the government and against the tech censors. They're now part of it on the other side because they're afraid. Because it's cancel culture. And yeah. cancel culture is real. In person, you know, the IRL interactions between friends, family, your community members is much less, you know, the temperature is not as high as it is on social media. Now, the problem yeah. is when the Facebooks of the world and the Twitters of the world spill out into public. And, and that's also why you mentioned, it, you know, if the digital mob will come for you wherever you are. And, and that's, yeah, that's believe really me, I've seen it. Also, right? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it, you know, it, it no longer matters what the 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 actual you know in person situation is. Even if you've carved out a nice niche of uh, friends that support you and and people that you can have conversations with, if you cross a line and and the media comes after you or some small number of activists come after you, it doesn't matter where you are or what's in the background. It, it can happen to anyone. It's amazing because you might not even cross the line. It may just be that something is completely misinterpreted. Yeah. Right. Like taken out of context. And I see that a lot. I see that a lot, especially maybe maybe this is my bias, but I see it and I feel it more for conservatives oh, yeah. because they'll take one little thing that they say and they'll totally misconstrue it as something else entirely. And if you go back and you look at the whole paragraph or you listen to the whole entire segment, you're like, wait, no, that's not what they said. Yeah. But it also so. is, I think, because of, of the severity of this. I, there, it used to be not that long ago where the, the corporate media structure believed that you know, conservatives or people on the right were saying things that were dumb or wrong. Now right. they've now elevated that to dangerous. And when you elevate words and thoughts to dangerous, that the actions, the response to it is so much more severe. A very good point and a very scary point. Yeah. And that's where you start to say, well, you know, because if you even question anything, you're suddenly now an extremist that wants to, you know, go grab your gun. And it, I don't even want to, but you know where I'm going. Like they yeah. think that you know people are going to try and take over the country. And I guess January 6th will give them the cover, so to speak, to forever use that against exactly. conservatives. Yeah. You know, if there's one topic that I wish I wrote more about and uncovered, it was January 6th. I think you could have a whole book about it because the way the media turned a bad riot into some way to forever, as you mentioned, certainly for the last few years, but I know, forever, I know how you recover from it. Yeah. Yeah. Smear half the country essentially as potential domestic terrorists. That's what comes out of this. And, and they will find any excuse to do it now. It's, it's really, it's, it's hugely problematic. And, and the way that they turn even people saying things or thinking things into the yeah. potential of what sort of dangers may be coming down the road. That's, that's not something that's going to be easily overcome. So here's the question. Can Elon Musk fix it? I, I'm a huge Elon fan. I think he was just way ahead of the curve. Long before anybody cared about green energy and EVs, Elon was really busy passionately working on it, which yeah. he gets very little credit for from the administration these days. But he, you know, he wants to colonize Mars and he wants to fix social media. Can he do it? Well, the social media one is, is a tough one. I, I think that- <laughs> Colonizing I mean, Mars is easier, right? <laughs> that's, that's probably true. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say that I think, I, I think Twitter is better off with Elon Musk than the old administration that was there before. Uh, the, 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 the ones that, that favored censorship over speech. Now, has it been bumpy since Elon took over? Absolutely. I think that, that there, it's the, the, there's not a straight line to this, this utopia of, of everyone can, can say what they want and, and the bad stuff gets weeded out, but the, all the rest can just be said. I, I, but 
I, I agree with you. I, I think we want someone in there who's freedom minded, a, you know, a billionaire, nonetheless, maybe someone who's a little bit thin skinned, but also a genius. I, I think that you, <laughs> I think it, yeah. it goes like hand in hand, right? <laughs> right, right. I'm sure that's, that's the way a lot of these billionaires are. Um, but I, I want someone who's running a social media platform. Let's at least look, there's enough, you know, suppression minded billionaires or CEOs that are ahead of all the other social networks. So let's get one. Let's see how it goes with one that doesn't have that point of view. I think it'll win out. It's in the end. I, I'm, I'm hopeful. It's worth a shot. It, it yeah. certainly is. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.